Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. come to the time in our service in which we read God's word together and we remain standing if able um, as a way to honor God's word and to remind ourselves of the importance that God's word has in our heart and in our lives. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35. This is Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god amen you all may be seated let us pray so lord jesus we pray for your mercy that we may be hearers of your word, receivers of your word, and doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I think one of the tasks of the preacher is to help people understand what the world of the New Testament and the Old Testament was like. It was, of course, a very different world than the world that we live. And so we heard some numbers earlier, and I want to sort of put some of those numbers in context for you so that you can understand Now, the first number has to do with the number of times that people were to forgive. Because I think what happened is that Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, was really feeling good about himself when he was talking to Jesus. Because when he came to Jesus, he said, how many times should I forgive my, my brother or sister when they sin? And then he said, should I forgive them seven times? Now, um, in those days, the number of forgiveness that was standard was three. So strike one, strike two, strike three, I no longer have to forgive you, you're out. And so you can almost imagine Peter with pride feeling really good about himself 
whenever he says, now Jesus, how many times should I forgive my, my brother when they sin? I'm going to be extra merciful. I'm going to double it and one seven times. And you could almost just imagine this pride that he felt instantly turned to humility when Jesus said, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or as some versions say, 70 times seven. That's 490 times. And this is a story of just sort of grace upon grace upon grace, more than what we would expect or imagine. So that's the number seven. Now, another number we heard had to do with 100 denarii. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have any denarii with me. And I really wouldn't know, unless I've studied this, what, what that number actually meant. And so a, a denarius, all right, the singular version of that, was about one day's wage, all right? And so 100 denarii equaled to about 300 days, or let's just say that that's about a third of somebody's yearly salary. So if this person was a kind of a blue-collar worker, let's say they make $45,000. And so one servant had a debt of about $15,000 to the other servant. Now, I don't know about you, but if I owed somebody $15,000 or somebody owed me $15,000, I would want that to be repaid. If that was a third of my yearly salary and, and I, there was somebody that had that money, it is a significant debt. But it's not an insurmountable debt. I can imagine somebody working hard and, and paying off that debt. But this idea that our scripture tells us about 10,000 talents is something entirely different. Because 10, 000, a talent is about 20 years wage. All right, so let me, we're going to do a little math. Don't worry, I've already done the math, so you don't have to, all right? I know some of you are like, math, no, I'm out of school for the week. I don't want to have to think about math. You don't have to think about it, just listen to, to what I say. So if a talent is worth about 20 years wage, if they made $45,000 in a year, times 20 equals $900,000, all right? So $900,000 is one talent. 900,000 times 10,000 is $9 billion. So apparently, this is what the unmerciful servant was saying to the master. Because he, he begged, he pleaded, he said, I will pay you back $9 million, what I owe you. And so what he's saying is, I'm going to create Apple or Amazon or something like this to be able to pay off the salary, just trust me that I will pay you back everything that I owe. Now, I think there's some important things for us to understand that $15,000 is a significant debt. That, that what one servant owed the other servant was significant. It wasn't just insignificant. It mattered. But in comparison to the debt that was forgiven, $9 billion, it doesn't balance, right? You know, one of the things that as we hear this story, I think we should get is that this whole idea of God is that he is a merciful father and that we have received way more forgiveness than we can ever imagine. 
And one of the best witnesses that Christians have in the world is our gift of forgiveness because it's one of the things that causes the outside world to sort of stand in awe and wonder. I remember a few years ago with the, the shooting that, that happened at the church in Charleston when a, when a young white supremacist went to a predominantly African-American Bible study and at the end of that Bible study shot and killed numerous people. This horrendous act. And a few days later, I was watching some of the, the feed from the courtroom and people who had family members who had passed away and loved ones who were there and church members who were there. They told this young man, every fiber of my being hurts, but yet I forgive you. It's probably about 12 or 13 years ago in Pennsylvania, there was a shooting at an Amish schoolhouse. And on that day there were some folks from the Amish community who went to the home of the mothers of, of the mom of the shooter to say that we forgive you and you're not alone. And some of those same people went to his funeral service later that week. How do you do that? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But this is what Christian forgiveness is, is it causes us to open our eyes and our hearts and it was just a couple months ago that we saw it again in the news when Brant Jean forgave Amber Geiger, who had been convicted for killing her brother. You may remember seeing this. These are the words that he said when he had a victim impact statement after she was convicted. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone can say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself and not on behalf of my family, but I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say that I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I personally want the best for you. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that my brother would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person and don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug, please? Please? And then we see this scene as they hug and embrace. And I see the response on Facebook and Twitter and other places, and people just don't get it. And even some of us who have, who have been Christians, and maybe we've been in the church for a long time, I mean, we sometimes have a hard time forgiving our neighbor who made us mad three years ago. And yet some of these people can forgive people who have done this great harm in this way. What is their secret? How do we do it? How do we become people who forgive others in our world today? And as I was thinking about it, and it's fitting that it's this week, because I think it goes back to this idea of gratitude, is that if we can have a perspective on life that, that sees that we have been forgiven $9 billion worth, and somebody else has hurt us, and it's significant, it's painful, but if we can hold the gratitude greater than our anger, I think that's the beginning of forgiveness. I think I'd say it this way, if your anger and entitlement is greater than your gratitude, then full forgiveness is impossible. 
And that sometimes we hesitate to forgive because we haven't really been grateful for this great gift of grace and mercy and goodness and forgiveness that God has given to us. And so to help us to set the scene, what we have to first understand is that we are all sinners. Paul says it this way in, in Romans, says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Is that every one of us is like the unmerciful servant that we have fallen short and that we have sinned. We have, and what I mean by sin is that we have hurt other people, we have hurt ourselves, and we have hurt God. Is that there are things we have said, there are things that we have done, there are things that we have thought that have separated us from God, and that we have contributed to the evil and darkness that is in the world. Now, we have contributed good, but we have also contributed evil. And what, what the scriptures tell us is this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, is that the consequences of sin is, that, is, is death. And that's what you and I, because we have all contributed sin into the world, what we deserve is death. But what we have an opportunity to receive is the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I want to be real clear. No matter what you've done in your life, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've thought, no matter how you've treated people this morning or how you treated people last week, five years ago, 55 years ago, you can be forgiven by a merciful God. God loves you, and there is nothing that will separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And that God wants to forgive you. But I think that sometimes... There's a couple of things that get in the way of us receiving that. And I know that, th that there are people who struggle with forgiveness because they may be able to forgive other people, but they can't forgive themselves. They hold on to this, this unforgiveness in their, in their own heart. They say, I know what I have done. I have done terrible, awful things, and other people may not know it, but I can never forgive myself for that. But what God wants to do is to let you feel his forgiveness. Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he called himself the chief of sinners. He had done terrible things, including being at the death of, uh, kind of overseeing the death and the stoning of Stephen, as well as other Christians. This was a person who had done terrible things, but he was absolutely convinced that the grace of God was upon him and that he was forgiven fully for that. And so if God is going to forgive you fully, can you forgive yourself fully? Can you open yourself and receive this free gift from God for yourself? Now, I think, when I think about forgiveness, is that forgiveness is not just designed to flow to us, all right? We like forgiveness for ourselves, all right? Um, but it's also designed to flow through us, all right? And so one of the way, things that I like to say is that we like mercy for ourselves and justice for other people. That we want all the mercy for ourselves, but other people, we want them to get what's coming to them. We want them to receive justice. And so part of what God wants to do is to have forgiveness that flows through our heart and through our life. And this is something that you all actually prayed for earlier. You may not have realized it, but you prayed to be a, a, a kind of a conduit of forgiveness. Because earlier today, you prayed, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. As we, as we receive your forgiveness, may we give your forgiveness. But what happens is, is that I think sometimes we imagine forgiveness like a cup. 
that, that Lord, the God pours his forgiveness into us as a, as a cup, and that this is what forgiveness is, and that if our cup is full, that we have received full forgiveness. And this is a helpful thing, but really a better thing for understanding our life is as a hose. Because forgiveness is not just designed to flow into us like a cup, and it's filled, and it no longer goes. But we are designed to be a hose where forgiveness flows into us, yes, and we receive the full blessing of it, but it also flows out into the world. I think about this tank that we have here, and, and so in this tank, um, I don't know how many gallons it is, but it's a lot. All right, this seems like a lot of water, but the water that is in this tank does not compare to the water that can flow through the hose that's connected to the source. And so when we filled this up, we got a long hose and we dragged it through here and we filled it up. And, and the great thing about the hose is we could have kept filling it up. At some point in time, this canister would have filled up and would have overflowed and would have been a big mess, all right? But the hose, there is no amount of water that can flow through it until it's full. It just keeps receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and giving. And this is the pattern of the Christian life is that we receive grace from God and we, we let it cleanse us and we let it flow out of us and we let it flow into the world. And this is what God wants for you and I. But some of you, and this is where I'm, I'm kind of going to look up because I don't, wanna, like, I don't want you to think I'm looking at you, all right? All right? So this is one of those times. There are some of you who have kinked your own hose and you said, Lord, I, enough's enough. I don't want it to flow through me. I'm not worthy, I don't deserve it, and you just keep kinking your hose to say, Lord, I don't want your grace. I don't earn it. But what God wants to do is to open up your heart and your life and to let forgiveness flow all the way through. This is part of what it means to follow Jesus, is to trust in his forgiveness. I was talking with Steve and, and Judy last week, and, and we, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guiding us on for, forgiveness. And, and they said, you know, they were talking about something, and they, they asked, do you want to forgive? And I thought, no, I don't want to forgive. Have you ever been there? Like, you know you should, but you don't want to? And it's a strange thing, because... Like, it's like, I don't want God in that part of my life. Is that really what I'm saying? And I think that is what I'm saying. And so maybe today some of you just need to unkink the hose. Maybe the grace that you need is for yourself, that you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to accept that God has forgiven you. Maybe you've been trying to earn God's love and you've never turned it over and said, Lord, can you please help me? Can you please forgive me? Can you please wash me clean? Can you do that? Maybe some of you have just kinked the hose and you've, you've held on to this unforgiveness and you've said, you know what? I want as much grace in my life, but please not there. And that you're holding it on to unforgiveness in your heart. And maybe today is the day that you need to choose forgiveness. That there is somebody who has done something to you that has hurt you and harmed you and, and, and you need to say, today is the day I am choosing to begin the process of forgiveness. And really that's what it is is, 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 is most of the time it is a process. It starts with the decision, but it continues and it goes and goes and goes.
And really, so I want us to help us understand this idea of forgiveness. And there's a guy by the name of Everett Worthington who, who really sort of came up with this stuff. And he, he talks about decisional forgiveness. Now, the best way that I can help you understand decisional forgiveness um, is I happen to have two children. If you happen to have multiple children in your home, I imagine that you've seen them argue or fight before, right? And so what happens in my home, and it, I'm sure it happens in other people's homes, is that one sibling might accidentally touch the other one. So the other sibling feels the need to accidentally touch the other one a little harder. And then so the other one will do it accidentally touch the other one a little bit harder, right? And so it goes back and forth. Now, now kids, it's not just you. Adults, we do this too, right? Somebody says something to us, and so we say something back to hurt them. So they say something back to hurt us, and back and forth it goes, right? So decisional forgiveness is the person who stands up and says, I'm not going to contribute to the cycle of violence. This back and forth, back and forth is no longer going to happen. I am choosing to stop it, and I'm choosing from this moment that I'm not going to pay back evil for evil, and I'm choosing to forgive and want good for you. All right, and the violence is stopped. Now, that's decisional forgiveness. Now, before we, we move on to this concept of emotional forgiveness, which I think is where a lot of us live, I want to tell you a couple things that forgiveness is not, real quickly. Is that, one, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I can forgive somebody. That's something I do from my heart. All right, but that does not mean that I'm choosing to be reconciled with the person. Reconciliation takes two parties working together to find that. All right, and so there are some people who I need to forgive, but I do not need to be reconciled with because they're not at a place or the relationship is not helpful for me to be reunited with them in that way. All right, and so sometimes this happens because there are people we need to forgive who are not walking on this earth any longer. All right, and, and they can still have harmful effects on our lives and we need to forgive them. But there are also people that maybe there's been abuse or other things that have happened that I need to forgive all right, but I'm not going to enter into a relationship because it's not safe or healthy for me, okay? The other thing I want to be clear about is forgiveness and justice, is that we can forgive and justice still occur, that these are different things. Again, forgiveness is what I do from my heart. It's how I feel and what I hope for the other person. But if there is somebody um, who had, I, I know we've had different families affected by various tragedies, but, but if there was a, a tragedy and, and somebody was, was driving drunk and they, and they killed um, somebody in your family, I still want justice to occur. I want the wrongs to be righted. It's okay for that to happen, but I can still want what's best for them emotionally and from my heart, all right? So I want to make sure that we kind of clear out and parse out those things as well. But then we have this whole big thing, and so what happens is after we stop the cycle of violence is that then we have to live in this world of emotional forgiveness because there are some of us who we have decided to forgive, and, and then it comes back, right? That, that here we are, we're like, oh, I forgave that person. Why am, it, why am I still so bothered? Why am I still get angry when their name is mentioned? I was tempted just to reel off a, like a list of names to see if I hit anyone, right? Do you know? Just like, oh, that person, right? There are some names that if I was to say it, you would just get tense. And some of you are feeling it right now. Is that, is that you know exactly the person that God is calling you to forgive, and, and, and it just burns, and it hurts. 
And so what do you do in this process? How do you choose to emotionally forgive in the process? And so again, this is Worthington's work. And the first thing um, that, that he says is, and Macy, you're going to have to help me because I don't remember, is to recall the hurt. Now, this is a really painful thing for us to do, all right? But, but when I don't really like the idea of forgive and forget. I think there's so much more power in remembering and forgiving. Because if, 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 somebody, if I've hurt somebody and they, and they hurt me, but I remember that and I still love them and I still forgive them, what a gift that is. And so we want to recall the hurt there. And we remember what was done to us, and we feel that feeling again. And it's, it's not fun, it's not enjoyable, but it helps us to move forward with it. Now, also, just a disclaimer, there are some pains that's pretty deep, all right? And some of this is best done in the context of professional counseling. And the deeper the wound, the more likely it is that that, that, that that might be the case. And if you need a referral or somebody to talk to, I'd be glad to help you get connected in that way. All right. Some of this can be done with, with your friends and with your family and with prayer people. But some of this, the, the pain's so deep that it needs some professional help to walk through this forgiveness process. And so you recall the hurt. Now, the, the next thing that you do, and this one's no fun at all, all right, is to empathize with the other. All right. If you think recalling the hurt was, was good, empathizing with the person who hurt you is particularly miserable. Because... We don't want to go there. We don't want to wear their shoes. But, but what happens is, is that we begin to learn the why of what they did. Sometimes we, we learn the why because of the trauma that, that they went through um, as a kid. And it doesn't make things okay. It just makes things understandable. I want to be clear about that. It doesn't make their behavior okay. It just helps us to understand it better. The longer I live, the more I'm convinced that a lot of people are motivated by anxiety and fear. And so they don't respond out of trying to personally hurt me or trying to personally hurt somebody else, but they respond out of their own anxiety or fear into the world. And so if we were people to empathize with the other, all right, the next thing that, that we are called to do is to give the altruistic gift of forgiveness. And this is what it is. It's a gift. And it's goodness flowing from our heart to that person, all right, is that we do want, like he prayed, we want the best for other people, and we want to give that gift. And so one of the ways that we do it is that we speak it, all right? And so that's really the, the next part of it is, it, is it talks about helping and committing publicly to forgive. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to call you up one by one to say, who are you forgiving today, all right, and for us to name it. What committing publicly to forgive is that you talk to somebody about it and that you say it with your mouth, and you let your heart follow your mouth. Now, one of the important things um, that, that I want us to be clear here is that for us as spiritual mature people, and some of us are working our way there, some of us are closer than others, and some of us are further away, you know where you are, right? That, that here is that oftentimes we, we do what we feel like because that's what America teaches us, do what feels good. But we who, who know the truth about God is that we are called to do the right thing and let our feelings catch up. And so some of us, what we have to do is we have to speak who it is that we're going to forgive, even though we're not ready to, so that we can get to an emotional place where we are ready to. And so there have been times in which I have prayed, Lord, I don't want to forgive this person, but I know I'm supposed to, so this is my best effort as of this morning. And that's as much as I can do. But I'm going to commit publicly. I'm going to tell somebody. 
and I'm going to give that gift because I know that's what God wants for me. Because I, want, I don't want these kinks and these hoes. I want them to flow through me. All right? And so God, come and, and heal me and to, clean, to cleanse me. And the last thing that you do is to hold on to forgiveness. You have to hold on to this promise that God has for you, this receiving this unbelievable gift from God, and we have to hold on that this is who I want to be. Because what happens is, is, is that you forgive today, and it hurts tomorrow, so forgive again. And then it's going to hurt again the next day. Forgive again. And you hold on to, God, I want this for myself, I want it for this other person, and I want it from you. And so this is how we sort of walk through the process of forgiveness. And so what Jesus told Peter, when Peter asked, how many times should I forgive my brother or sisters? And he said, seven times. And Jesus said, 77 times, or 70 times seven. It's because sometimes that's how many times it takes. And so if you've been struggling to forgive and you felt like, gosh, I did that before, you need to do it again and again and hold on to it. And God will change our hearts because you can't. You can't muster up the grace to forgive the person you need to forgive. You can only receive it from our God who has forgave our unpayable debt. And he calls us to forgive people who have significantly hurt us, but to share that with others. So what I'm going to invite us to do now is, is just to have a little bit of time of prayer. I know this is kind of heavy, and, and I know for some of us it's been super personal. Um, and so what, what we're going to do is during this time of prayer, I'm just going to invite you wherever you are in your own journey um, to say, Lord, I, some of you just need to receive the forgiveness from God. Lord, just help me to receive it today. Some of you need to forgive somebody, and you want to take a step on that journey. We're going to have, uh, you can come up to the altar or one of our prayer stations. If you want to name something, you're welcome to do that as well. And so we're going to have this time of, of worship where we're going to sing and have this time to respond to God's word. And then following that, we're going to get this great example of God's mercy and forgiveness through baptism and people joining our, our church and celebrating what God has done in and through us. So I'm going to open us with this time of prayer, and then we'll have this time of responding to God's word. And if you need to pray, I invite you to pray at your seats or pray at the altar. But let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.